With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Ana Flores is the gracious and kind founder of We All Grow Latina, a network of influencers that connects online, at local events, and at an annual summit. If you've followed what Ana's built, then like me, you might have imagined that it just blew up overnight. In reality, Ana's journey has included many detours, she almost filed for bankruptcy, and offers lots of powerful lessons about tenacity, adaptation, and the art of reinvention. Anna, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, Alicia. This is it's just so wonderful to have you face to face. I know in person because <laughs> we're internet friends I for years. R-L. <laughs> I have been following your journey since Latino bloggers connect. You have. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people remember. I mean, it's only been five years since we switched the name, but that's incredible. Why weren't you following? Because did... I was blogging, and yeah. someone probably said to me, you're a Latina who blogs. You should <laughs> know Anna. Yeah. She's a Latina who blogs, which yeah. is sort of the genesis of the whole thing, right? That's how it all started. I was a Latina mom blogger, like some like to say, la mami bloggers. Um, I was at the top of, of the game back then. It was 2009 when I launched Spanglish Baby mm-hmm. with my best friend from college, Roxana Soto. And it was really out of the need of, I was looking for bilingual books. I knew I wanted to raise my daughter at the time. She was like nine months. And I knew I wanted to raise her not only entrenched in the culture, but being completely bilingual as I was. But that's really what started out the need to monetize, right? Because I found a medium that I loved. I found a medium that democratized our voices, our stories that allowed us to tell Mm -hmm. our stories without anybody needing to edit it or or tell us that it's not good for the bottom line. And I come from TV. I had been producing content for Latino TV for over 15 years, Univision, MTV Latin America, etc. So all of a sudden I'm faced with this like new digital media platform that I could create on my own. Mm -hmm. And I was out of work because I had quit when I became a mom, and then I was faced with the recession. And 
try to get a job, but it was impossible to do, making enough to be able to support having somebody take care of my daughter. So childcare was just impossible. So anyway, I found this medium. I started blogging. Spanglish Baby became a really big hit, but we weren't monetizing. I was about to say, it's a platform that you have so much more control over your narrative, Mm -hmm. but then the challenge falls to you to monetize it. Yeah. I was freelancing. I would get little freelance gigs here and there on TV, fun stuff. But all I wanted to do was get back to my little blog. And the connections I was starting to make through the blogs were other bloggers, other Latina mom bloggers. Because I don't know if people remember this, but before Twitter, I mean, Twitter had just launched. But before Instagram and really connecting on Facebook much more publicly, we would connect via comments. So you would remember comments on blogs? So you would leave a comment and it would link back to your blog if you had one. So people would leave comments. I would link back. I'm like, oh, my goodness, she's a Latina blogger. And then I started finding them on Twitter. One day I sent out a tweet. I was like, where are the hashtag Latina bloggers? And I kind of kicked off that hashtag. And then I started finding and more and more we started finding each other. And all of a sudden I had this network that we were all friends that were helping each other figure out this space. But also where we felt we weren't the crazy ones. But then I realized that there was this whole group of mom bloggers, general market, let's call them, and they were monetizing. And they were doing a great service. They were How were they monetizing? Communities. They were working with brands. So Google AdSense would take you so far if you were making maybe over 100,000 unique monthly views a month, whatever. But really where you would monetize was partnering with brands and writing content from your voice, from your story, from your niche, from your topic, where you would organically integrate their message. That was like April of 2010, and then by November 20, 2010, I had launched Latina Bloggers Connect. I started reaching out to brands that were reaching out to me and offering my service to them. I started partnering with Clorox, with Veme, with like different brands to reach Latina bloggers. Some of the general market bloggers had created these networks where they would do that, which now is known as influencer marketing. Those were the beginnings of influencer marketing. They would tell me, like, why aren't you doing the same thing for Latinas? Because even though they could sell us, we could be part of their network, they didn't know how to sell like a Spanglish baby that was very in culture. So I decided that we would do that. And in November 2010, I launched Latina Bloggers Connect, literally with no money, with a laptop at home, with my daughter at home, and a friend that did a logo for me. I did the whole WordPress site on my own. And launched with a blog post and a, a link to a Google Drive form that said, if you're a Latina blogger sign and want to work with brands, sign up here. That feels so quaint. <laughs> I know. In the shadow of We All Grow, which seems at this point pretty ubiquitous and firing on various cylinders. Mm-hmm. Draw the line for me between how Latina bloggers connect became We All Grow. Drawing the line back, I think... We were stuck in the middle after like many years because we were so successful. We know that Latina-funded businesses, it's less than 1% that actually hit the $1 million mark. I hit the $2 million mark in 2016. And in 2017, I was about to file for bankruptcy. How does that happen? Because things were going so well until they weren't. So all the clients were coming to us. But then the industry matured to a level that the agencies were doing influencer marketing in-house. They didn't need us anymore, even though we had guided them, taken them by the hand, et cetera, et cetera. But we didn't scale up to what they were looking for, which was technology that informed data, et cetera. Slow down for me, though. Yeah. Because a lot of us who are not as familiar with this space think Mm -hmm. that it it is as cute as someone being like, oh, I like this person's Instagram. Let's give them. This is now completely data and metric driven. Completely. Completely. So what those marketplaces do, they have the algorithms that basically were promising 
and promise that they're going to match the brand with their ideal influencer. So it's basically a brand will pay a monthly fee to be part of a marketplace, and they can literally just search. I need a mom in New York that speaks Spanish with toddler kids with 100,000 followers on Instagram or more. And it will give you profiles of where to invest, right, who to reach out to. That removes a human element because at the end of the day, you are dealing with a human. And the relationship and connection aspect of it was what had driven us and me to build that company. And that is what we were starting to lose. When I hit publish in November 2010 to the first blog post announcing the company ended with the line that said, when one grows, we all grow. And that's what the sense of what I felt had been lost, right? That connection of how we're helping each other build our businesses, build our, you know, our voice, open our doors to each other. So that's when I launched the conference in 2015. The conference was really a place to connect us all in, in real life. And all the business that I had gotten, the connections that I had, my clients, other influencers, et cetera, that I was meeting was all through these conferences, through all these spaces. So online can connect us, but we still need those in real life, mm-hmm. places where we can meet, where we get, and it becomes even more special when you're in a room full of Latinas that are like you, that get it, that have the same drive that you have, that have taken the same risks that you have, that have the same ambitions and aspirations. I want to say, because I've, I've not been mm-hmm. to your conference, and I think sometimes when I see conferences like this on Instagram, it's very hard to sort out what's real and what mm-hmm. is very glossy and pretty, but there's no there there. And I, I want to say in, in full transparency, everyone I have spoken with who has gone to your conference lauds it. And they <laughs> laud that sense of community. And people talk about walking away feeling both very fulfilled by it and feeling like there was a real value add. Mm-hmm. That's a special alchemy. It is not easy to Mm-mm. do that. Mm-mm. How did you figure out the secret sauce? By treating people the way I want to be treated. By, by realizing when I went to these conferences what I loved, where I felt special, where I felt like a number. And understanding that really the only hard part about it is that I have to be very involved. I'm very involved in every single thing. But everything we create comes from a place of, is this going to make us feel special? And even with the brands that we work with, if they don't get it, then we're okay. They can pass. Something that I'm so struck by as someone who is very invested in this idea of community and has tried to build community, Latina to Latina, is for me the most community-driven project I've ever been a part of. I can be so precious about this is the brand, this is the logo, this is the name, and now we cannot change it because that is how people know us. And so there is something both alarming to me, like the hairs on my arm are standing (laughs) up, and liberating about the fact that you were willing to be so iterative, that you have tried this in a variety of different ways and shifted very quickly. Mm. What for you is the lesson there? Oh, many things. I mean, I think the Latina community ourselves, we're trying to find our space and we're trying to find our moment. We're trying to define ourselves. And I want us to be able to shift and transform and show up for the community where they're at, where we are at. And that means that if we have to change the name because now it feels like Amigas is really what we are, right? If we have to 
changed the tone of the conversations that we're having on the programming-wise for We All Grow Every Year, then we're going to go that way, right? We saw the shift in 2016, after 2016. I don't even need to say what happened in 2016, that we all, especially when we were in such entrenched in this influencer world, beauty and fashion and parenting and et cetera, that was so siloed and so niche in what you were allowed to say in your space, right? And all of a sudden you're like, I have followers and I have a lot to say. How do I say it? And are they going to stop following me? Are they going to stop caring? Because now I have a voice and I want to do it. And we saw that so many were speaking so up. So many. So many. And it, it was interesting because most of those posts that I saw sort of came with a screw it. Yeah, exactly. A, like, it's I know that there's a risk in my weighing in on politics and society when you expect fashion from mm-hmm. me. But screw it. Exactly. And we stood up and applauded that. And we had to find our voice, too. Were you scared of that? Well, we work with brands. It's scary. It's like, where are you going to find your place? So, yes, I mean, 2016 was that year that we made $2 million, and the next year we were going to file for bankruptcy. I think all of it had to do with it because I feel we were all in this collective depression trying to figure out how meaningful what we were doing was and how that was going to be part of being the change that we needed. And, and we were hurting. As a community, we were hurting. It was the first time that we felt this level of attack. And what were we going to do? And, and that's really when I was, I'm done with this influencer marketing part, but it's almost as if the universe heard me. I was like, okay, you're too scared to take care of it yourself because that means having to fire your team, which are your friends and women that you know and families that you know. So we're going to have to take care of it for you. And then that's when all of the brands basically stopped knocking on our door. From one day to the other, there was no so more that's contracts. It, because that's a question. When we talk about bankruptcy, I can never tell if it's like a slow train. You oh, no. See con- no. This was literally filed my taxes at two point something million for the company. We had the summit in March that did well. But right after that, there was no contracts, no proposals, nothing coming in. We had an event in New York City that we had to cancel. And a month later, I was firing my team. But it was like that because we're self-funded. We have remained self-funded away from your typical VC investment and et cetera because we want to be able to pivot quickly. We want to be able to take decisions and knowing where is the community going, where are we of service, but at the same time, we're not a nonprofit. So even that helps us with the brands that we work with, the brands that are showing up and adapting to this conversation as well and understanding what the Latina really needs what they care about, what's next for us. How do you show up for us in an authentic way? When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. 
Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the elephant and Freddy the duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Is there something that's getting in the way of your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I have found that talking with someone can make a big difference, but sometimes the logistics, like finding the right person or the time to connect, make things complicated. BetterHelp Online Counseling connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in everything from depression to relationships to complicated family dynamics, self-esteem, grief, you get it. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They even have financial aid for those who qualify. Best of all, it's an affordable option. Latina to Latina listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code LATINA. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Latina. Fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor. That's betterhelp.com slash Latina. In that moment where you realize that you are going to have to file for bankruptcy, it would have been easy to be like, okay, like that I've, I've tried my hand at this. It's time to walk away and pursue something new. What made you stay? Yeah. It was a series of events that can only be described as magical or guided, honestly. I'm a very spiritual person, and I've been on that path for many years. I started filing for bankruptcy. I had paid half to like a bankrupt lawyer, bankruptcy lawyer I found online when I went hiking with a friend who had just sold her a company. She was like, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna file for bankruptcy." I'm like, "I, I already started. Like, it's, it's done. It's happening. I'm gonna close the company. I'm gonna give up the name because that was the only asset I have, really. And I'm gonna consult. I'm gonna create anything else." She's like, "No, you're gonna talk to my lawyer. Like, I have no money to talk to her. She's like, "You're gonna talk to my lawyer." Long story short, I called up her lawyer. It turned out that this man, his office was the same office that I had two years prior. <laughs> he was sitting basically on my desk. He sat down with me, and within minutes, he's like, "You're a warrior." I'm not going to let you fall. I'm going to help you for free, pro bono. 
And he he guided me. He explained to me everything I could do. He's like, it's he's like, you have to understand that all successful companies in this country carry debt because I was scared of the debt that we had and, and having to cancel that out. And he's like, no, you're going to be able to do it. So basically, he trained me how to call the companies and they were all happy to help out. They don't want to hear the word bankruptcy. So they were all happy to help out. And, and then at the same time, who the two girls who are now my partner, uh, my partners, Roxana and Melissa, and Roxana was already a partner um, in the company. And they both came up to me and they're like, listen, it's summer. We want to spend the summer with our kids. We know that you're going to get out, come out of this. We don't need to make money right now. So take your time. We're here. You don't need to pay us. We're going to work with you. I, I was given the gift of a clean slate. Now that I knew better, because when I launched the company in 2010 as Latina Bloggers Connect, I didn't truly understand where it was going, what we were capable, capable of doing, and we were in a new era. And in this new era, I could launch with that knowledge now and already that community base. I mean, we were influencing the influencers, <laughs> you know, and we already had a great reputation, and, and now we could decide what really mattered. Understanding your value is a big part of your ethos. Did you always understand your value? I don't think I, I still truly do. I feel like I'm constantly unlocking new layers of that understanding when I think that I'm like, no, 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 of course, this is where I'm at. And then I, I realized that there was something else that I hadn't given value to myself. Where it's hard for me to, to really place a real value is when it comes to money, to finances. I put value in, in my knowledge and my wisdom and my ability to create. But I don't know how to translate that into what I should get paid for that. That's really hard. And especially when you're like a friend was putting it yesterday, when you're like the one carrying the machete, like opening and clearing up the space. We were the first ones in that space. We didn't know what to charge. I say this with love and admiration, but it is jarring to me that you are someone who advocates for other people mm -hmm. to know their value. I get it. And you're not totally there yourself. No, but I'm always honest about that. Mm -hmm. I think, and we're honest about those conversations and 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 how we're we really are. When one grows, we all grow, right? Like we really are working in that together. And I think even the conversation that we were having this year about Latina equal pay, right? We and we're always really honest about yes. And there's a funding gap, and there's a gap in what, what we are able to offer. It's hard for me to talk about Latina equal pay, knowing that. I can't pay people sometimes what they deserve, and it shouldn't be like that. We should all be able to access what we are definitely, what our value is. What do we as Latinas need to understand about our power and value as consumers? We need to understand that we have that power and that value. I think we, we've been doing a lot of work in the last few years releasing that data and once that came out, that really helped us, armed us and so many others to be able to go to the companies and brands and be like, this is your consumer, right? This is the people that we're talking to. So I think we have to start there. We have to inform ourselves and understand who we are and the collective power that we have so that we can definitely take decisions and make our next moves from a place of abundance. How do you personally leverage that power? My personal power or the power your of... Your personal power. Now we start with the hard questions. <laughs> um, so I told you earlier that I have a really hard time seeing myself as others see me. So I act from a place of 
knowing when I take decisions, it's for my gut and I know and I, and I get like those chills and I just know what's the next thing we need to do. But even then, I, I don't see it as powerful because powerful was a nasty word for me. I grew up in El Salvador during the Civil War in a military family. And for me, power was always power down from up to down. It was top down. It was mm. exerting power. Power meant power and money were intertwined and they were both harmful and evil. So I didn't want to be powerful. So if you start from there, from that place where power is negative to you, then how are you going to access it? So I needed to transform what the word power meant to me. And I am grateful that I have built the community I have around me because it's been them that give me that power. And they are the ones that make me feel powerful every single day. It sounds like you've done a lot of therapy and a lot of excavating to get to that answer. So I just started therapy for the first time this year. <laughs> I know. That is then an efficient use of therapy. Because <laughs> you're born in the States. I was born in Houston. And then moved back to El Salvador. Yeah. Do you remember that? Absolutely. So it was when... I mean, not the, not the specifics, but I was six. My sister was three. And thankfully, my parents divorced and my mom moved back to El Salvador and my dad stayed in Houston. So he's still there. And he had, he, I, I'm an entrepreneur in my blood because they've both been entrepreneurs, but he had the, the, the first Latino nightclub in Houston yes. in the 80s. Yes. It was a fun place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I grew up, I was, I was in El Salvador in the American school until I was 18. And then I moved back to Texas and Florida for college. And when you say being in a military family, what did that look like? Well, it was a military because they weren't active duty, but it came, they, my one grandparent had been a general and the other one had been a colonel. So they weren't any, they were already retired by the time I was living there. And, but I was, I, I was in a privileged society. I grew up there in a time when you are told who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And then once I left, I was able to start make, you know, seeing things on my own and with right. perspective. When did you start to question that? When I was 18, when I when I went to university to UT Austin, University of Texas. And I remember the first time Austin is definitely very political and and there was a table for the ACLU. I didn't even know what the ACLU was. And there but the hot item, the hot topic that they were dealing with at that moment that the ACLU was talking about was the Civil War in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. The peace treaty was signed in ninety one and this was ninety. So it was super, super, super hot. And obviously, the what they were talking about and the perspective that they had was not the one that I had or that I had been told. So I started informing myself more, and I started realizing that what I was told were the good guys were actually not, and vice versa, and there was no good guys or bad guys. Everybody was on the same side. And then even learning, like, people that you knew were involved, and so it just became very messy for me. What is your counsel to someone like me who is very, very uncomfortable with jumping before I'm ready and everything is set. Oh, see, I don't know how to, that's, I always, when I explain my journey, I'm always like, this is my story. It's not do as I say, <laughs> because I am very, I take, I, I take risks because again, I'm opening the way. I'm usually in places where no one has been. So when, when I'm asked about mentors, I'm like, I've had incredible women that can tell me their experience, but nobody that had has done the mm -hmm. things that I've done at that moment, right? So 
when I announced the conference, I didn't even have a hotel. We started selling tickets. Within two weeks, this brand new hotel called the Line Hotel, super cool, had opened up in Koreatown in LA. And they came to me, they're like, do you want to do the conference in our hotel? We seem super aligned. It was the exact place that I needed. It was perfect. Neutrogena signed on. The other brand started with that year. We had Dove, we had Neutrogena, we had Disney. We had, you know, it just, it grew. But I had to announce it. They, Neutrogena had to know that I was going to have the guts to do it before they signed something. I didn't have a product. I needed to create the product to be able to then continue selling it. So sometimes it is those risks that you need to take. I mean, the worst that could happen was I was going to have to refund everybody their ticket, right? I is mean, that what you tell yourself, though? Do you, like, walk yourself through this is the worst this thing? This is the worst happen? that can happen. Can you handle it? Sometimes you're the one that has to take the next step to say, yes, I'm brave enough to do it. And for the universe, God, whatever you believe in, to help you bring everything else into alignment. It's that energy that attracts everything else. My final question, where are you taking your machete next? <sighs> the first thing that came to me right now, and I'm going to trust, I'm going to say, I think I finally need to do that book. I had a book deal last year and I said no from a very big publisher and I said no because I felt there was still a final chapter that I didn't I wasn't ready for and I think it's coming so I'm gonna go there and allowing my voice to have a bigger platform Anna, thank you so much thank you Thanks, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantiqua Williams and me. Maria Muriel is our producer. Carolina Rodriguez is our sound engineer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer. We love hearing from you, so email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It's one of the quickest ways to help us grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.